Welcome to the South Coast Christian Podcast. I'm Pastor Tom Westerfield. On behalf of myself and our entire staff, we want to thank you for listening, and we hope this message uplifts and encourages you this week. Today we're launching a new series. When you drove up, you should have saw the banner. When life gives you lemons, you probably have all heard that statement, when life gives you lemons, make make lemonade. So, um, you know, the big question in life is what do we do with the difficulties that we encounter each and every day? How will you respond? Uh, As challenging as it might be, God wants us to look at difficult opportunities, difficulties as opportunities for his power to be displayed in and through our life. Throughout the Bible, you can find stories of great difficulties where God, through his miraculous power, turned those difficulties around for his glory. I mean, you can read throughout the Bible. If you read your Bible at any point, you will see the stories of David and Goliath, of all the different things, of difficulties that different people faced and how God turned it around for his glory. Over the next seven weeks, we are going to be studying the fruit of the Spirit. We just got done through the series, The Gifts of the Spirit. And the whole idea of the gifts of the Spirit, it was to study about those talents that God has given each and every one of us for us to use to edify the body of Christ. Now we're going to talk about the gifts of the Spirit. The gifts of the Spirit are in our life when we walk with Christ and His Spirit lives within us. When His Spirit lives within us, there's the fruit of the Spirit. There's the benefits of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit. That's what we're going to be talking about over the next six, seven weeks as we go through this series. When life gives you lemons, what will you make? Every day you will come across situations in which you must choose how, you, how are you going to respond. The choice that you make can impact your future. For example, my big difficulty, how am I going to respond to the person that lays on his horn at me. Now, I'm not, I'm not talking about the courtesy honk. I'm talking about the full stiff arm into the steering wheel, holding it until the, place, until the time where he feels like you are completely humiliated. Now, I know many of you, you're so good. I mean, you, you, you do a courtesy wave, and you, go, and you, you, you mouth, I'm so. You know, I'm so sorry. And, but, you know, that's never the first thought that crosses my mind. In fact, I can't even share the first thought that crosses my mind. Because the Spirit of God is still trying to work through certain areas of my life. And I'm getting there, guys. Keep praying for your pastor. But the question I'm asking is, how are you going to respond to the difficulties of life? It's a battle with the flesh. Does anybody else, or am I the only one that battles with my flesh? Okay, thank you for being honest here today. I thought, I thought we were already in heaven, and I wasn't sure, but yeah. Maybe yours is a different situation. For example, maybe you have a friend, let's call the former friend Nancy, who has been talking smack behind your, behind your back at times. She's been trying to ruin your reputation, and it has cost you several friendships. Then you discover You hear from a friend that Nancy got pulled over last night for drinking and driving, DUI, and now she's locked up in jail for the night. How are you going to respond to that information? 
I mean, come on. It's the perfect opportunity to call all your Christian friends and share about the real reputation that, you, that this Nancy has because she has been, she's throwing you under the bus. It's your opportunity to, man, even the score, get things right. Or, instead of following the flesh, maybe the Spirit of God will tell you, hey, you need to see how you can help Nancy. How you can reach out to you see that is not that is contrary to our human flesh that is contrary to our nature it is not it is not a natural thought how can I help my enemy but isn't it Jesus who says love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you isn't it one of the most famous messages in the Bible in the in the Gospel of Matthew that called the Sermon on the Mount when Jesus is sitting there and he is saying things that are so contrary to culture. I mean, that is so contrary to anything that they were thinking about. Because, man, Israelite, they loved the battles. He says, no, 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 I tell you something different. Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. I don't want to love my enemies. I don't want to pray for those who try to hurt me. You see, every day, we have to choose to respond to the various life situations that we face. How we respond can affect our future and the future of those around us. We have the ability to either help or to harm people by our actions. In Galatians chapter 5, the Apostle Paul encourages us to allow the Holy Spirit to guide us into the actions of our life. It's a great passage of Scripture, and I want to share with you today this passage of Scripture. We're going to be reading three different passages. They're all connected together but we're going to read them in three different settings for my points today. We're going to begin in verse 16 of Galatians chapter 5. So if you want to turn in your Bibles or if you have your electronic device and you want to go to that, as long as you're not looking at any other apps, it's fine. We do have spotters up in the balcony looking for people who are just teasing. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. We'll start in verse 16. Listen to the words of the Apostle Paul. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives, then you won't, li- won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, when, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions, but when you are directed by the Spirit... You are not under obligation to the law of Moses. Let's pray. Lord, I pray that once again that your word will impact our hearts and our lives today. I pray, God, it will not return void. And that is a promise in your scripture. That, God, as your word is spoken, I pray that the Holy Spirit will mix with your words in such a powerful way that they become more than words, that they become life to us. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. The first thought I want to share with you today is this. The opposition is real. The Apostle Paul is talking about spiritual forces that oppose each other. In this scripture, he is talking about that the, evil, the sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just opposite of what the Spirit wants to do. There are two spiritual forces identified in the scripture. These two forces are constantly fighting against one another. They're opposite in every way. There is nothing common in them. They're completely opposite. It's good versus evil. 
When trying to overcome an addiction or a difficulty in life, if you've ever been there, the very first step that they say you got to take in fixing the problem is admitting that you have a problem. That's the first step. When you're choosing to follow after Jesus, one of the very first steps that you need to recognize is that you have an enemy. I think in today's culture, we have made the Christian church, the church, so easy, so candy-coated. Just come in here and love God, and everything's going to be taken care of. Don't worry. God forgives all of your sins. Just walk in and just be a part of this great community. We love people, and we forget the whole purpose is to serve Christ. You see, if we forget the main purpose that our relationship with Christ, with Christ is priority, we just have a great community center. But see, we have to embrace and understand that without Christ, I have no eternity in heaven. It is only through Jesus Christ. And I have an enemy that's out there is trying to kill, steal, and destroy my life. And too many times we don't recognize that there is an enemy. We need to recognize that we have an opposition. Many people fall in, failed in following Christ because they don't recognize that they have an enemy that is trying to destroy their future. Consequently, they really never make a clear, defined choice. See, if you don't realize you have an enemy, if it's never spoken about that there is a devil, there is Satan that's trying to kill, steal, destroy your life, are you really making a choice? Or are you just going along for the ride? If you don't really make a choice, Jesus just becomes one of the many options in their life and not the only option. He just becomes one of the many options. They would prefer to live unaware, accepting everything as okay and acceptable. By the way, if you don't know yet, I'm going to step on toes today. So just be prepared on that. It's just going to happen. Forgive me ahead of time. Love it. They prefer to live unaware, accepting everything as okay and acceptable. They choose to be guided by culture. Oh, this is so good. They choose to be guided by culture instead of being guided by God's word. Man, if we can just take that home today, you know what? You got something right there. When Jesus just becomes an option in your life, then it's okay to have impure thoughts because everybody does. It's okay to have sex before marriage because it's culturally acceptable. It's okay to drink too much as long as I don't hurt anybody. It's okay to lie sometimes, even if it, doesn't even if it does cause conflict, because everybody lies. You see, there's a dangerous road in just following culture instead of following God's word. Catch this. Many people have embraced the enemy without even knowing it. By choosing to obey culture. They don't even realize that they have embraced the enemy. But by choosing to obey culture, they have, they have basically stated that, you know what? I have chosen not to obey God. Instead of opposing the enemy by choosing to obey God's righteousness, we have a choice. And that's the thing I want you to make just crystal clear before we get into this series about the fruit of the Spirit, I need to make crystal clear that you have two choices. You can either serve God or you can serve the enemy, Satan. 
You have two choices. It's very clear. Who will you serve today? Who are you going to make, who are you going to make the choice for? You've got to make a choice. We need to recognize the opposition is real. You will never become an overcomer if you don't realize you have something to overcome. Simple, isn't it? Isn't that so simple? But isn't that so good? How are you going to overcome something if you don't really even realize that you have anything to overcome? Realizing that you have something to overcome empowers you to make a choice. It empowers you to make a choice to put your faith in Jesus who has defeated the enemy and has defeated sin. You are no longer under the curse of the law as Jesus is the fulfillment of the law. Sin can no longer condemn you and the grace of Christ now covers you. Oh man, that's, you guys, that's good preaching. It really is. Man, you're no longer condemned by the law that Moses, I mean, there's no way they failed to try to follow that law. But man, when your faith is in Christ Jesus, you've been freed from the law. It's time to recognize that you're in a battle. It's time to choose a side. Let me read the next three verses in Galatians chapter 5, verses 19 through 21. Galatians 5, 19 through 21. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry. Man, Paul has a great, I mean, Paul just puts all the entire list down here. I mean, he just, whoo. Uh, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, um, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish, ambi- selfish ambition. We never talk about that in church anymore. He lists selfish ambition in here. Ugh, that's a hard one. Selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins. Like, did you see all the different sins? I mean, there's some that go all the way from wild parties or, or you know, uh, to selfish ambitions, dissension. He lists it all. Let me tell you again, as I have before, catch this sentence, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Got quiet in here. The next thought I want to share from this passage of Scripture is this. Following your sinful nature produces rotten fruit. I think we've all experienced... Have you ever been in your kitchen? Annette loves bananas, and she always buys way too many bananas than we can ever eat. I mean, she goes to Costco, big like a whole tree comes home with her. She puts it on the counter. It sits on there. I'll eat a banana once in a while, but I don't eat it every day. And they sit on there, and then they start to turn a little bit of a brown color, you know, and then they start going from brown to a little darker brown, and finally they start to go to black. And if you don't get rid of those bananas, the gnats start to come. And, they're, and you know, it's just, you know, texture is everything to me about fruit. You know what I'm saying? You know, you, you take a bite of an apple, and if it's not crisp, you know what I'm saying? You just want to. Or what, worse yet, a grape? When you throw a grape in your mouth and it's mushy, oh, you want a crisp when you, and it just bursts in your mouth. Not a soggy, mushy grape. It makes me shudder. In fact, I usually, I can't even eat it. I have to spit it out. When we choose to follow our sinful nature, it's repulsive to God, because God hates sin. 
Because sin is an illusion. Why does God hate sin? Because sin is an illusion that deceives you from the truth. See, God loves you. Don't ever forget that. He absolutely adores you, but he hates the sin that you choose to follow. It's like biting into that soft apple or into that grape. The texture is just wrong. There's no reason that should be in my mouth, that I don't want it in my mouth. Sin is the same way to to God. He has nothing to do with sin. There is no purpose behind it. It's not delightful to him at all. Sin might look good in the beginning, but long term the results are destructive to your life. And when you choose to follow your sinful nature, it produces rotten fruit. Paul states that our sinful nature wants to do evil. And if we choose to follow the desires of our sinful nature, then we will not inherit the kingdom of God. Pastor Tom, I thought you stated that God forgives my sins. Yes, he does. But the condition is that you turn from your sin. What do you mean, Pastor Tom? Someone's talking about repentance always. People always preaching my message down there. Peter states these words in Acts 3.19. He says, repent of your sins and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped away. Repent means to turn away from your sin and turn towards Jesus. Grace, catch this thought. Grace does not cover a person who who has chosen or who chooses to follow a sinful lifestyle. I will say it again because I think some people have this thought and they're like, oh, grace has covered me. Grace does not cover a person who chooses to follow a sinful lifestyle. Grace covers a person who chooses to follow Jesus Christ. There is a prerequisite. You have to make a choice to choose to follow Jesus. Then grace covers your sin, past, present, and future. Now we should turn away from our sins. But that doesn't mean that any of us are perfect. None of us are perfect. I'm not saying followers of Jesus in some way are Perfect, but the one who they follow is. The one that they follow is, and his grace is sufficient for their sins. That's why it's so important that we follow Jesus and not follow the sin. We have to be careful that we don't, be, that we don't fall into this deception that sin is acceptable because of grace. And there's people out there today that are living a sinful lifestyle because they think it's okay because they're covered under the grace of God. It is not okay to live a sinful lifestyle. It means that you're following sin instead of following Christ. When you follow Christ, he covers the sins that maybe happen in your life that you just, that you just do stupid stuff like me on the road. He covers that because of his grace. But I'm following Jesus. And he's changing my life. And there should be fruit that's coming from my life that you can recognize. Hey, have you noticed Pastor Tom just seems a little bit better than he used to be? Man, he's a little bit more forgiving. His words are a little bit more kinder. He's a little nicer. He actually pays attention to me sometimes once in a while in the lobby. He doesn't just overlook me. I was accused so many times when I first came to church. Man, people would get so offended because I didn't spend time... I I just, you know what? In some ways, they were right. I got task-oriented. We have to be careful that we don't fall into the deception that sin is acceptable because of grace. No sin is ever acceptable. But as a follower of Jesus, you have been made acceptable to God. 
because of your faith in Jesus Christ. Let's read the final four verses. Um, verses 20, by the way, verses 22 and 23 of this passage is really the basis for our series over the next several weeks. Galatians 5, 22 through 25. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, how many of you today are living by the Spirit? Raise your hand. Are you living by the Spirit? Are you following the Spirit? Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. The last thought that I want to share with you today is this. Following the Holy Spirit produces good fruit. There is nothing better than a bowl of good fruit. That crispness that I was talking to earlier, that apple that you, oh, you just bite into. Annette found at Costco the other day the uh, rain, uh, Rainier cherries. Have you, you know, guys, know what I'm talking about? Those Rainier. When we used to live in Washington, we'd drive up over Stevens Pass and we'd get to the fruit stand and we'd always buy one of those uh, flats of cherries and they would never make it to any destination because the Rainier cherries are so good. You know, in the summertime, Annette will get a bunch of fruit, strawberries, raspberries, blueberries, and bananas, and kiwi, and she'll cut it all up and she'll put it all in one you know, bowl and we'll, we'll scoop it out. And when it's a hot day and you're just tired and kind of, there's something powerful when all of a sudden you sit down and you have just this bowl of fruit that's just, oh my gosh, it just puts spark in your life. It's good. That's how the Holy Spirit should be to us spiritually. When there's times where we're having difficulties and struggles, all of a sudden, we should be able to step in with the Holy Spirit, and he refreshes us. He, he brings in a new freshness, new fruit in our life. The Bible states, taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, the joys of those who take refuge in him. The taste of God's goodness will refresh us from the difficulties of life. We must learn to find our shelter in him who produces the good fruit in our life. Why is it so important that we're producing good fruit? Why is, why is that important? Because it's an indicator of our journey with Christ. This whole thing, you know, if life gives you lemons, what are you going to make of it? The whole idea of this series is, and when we walk in through this life, are we displaying the fruit of the Spirit? Because it is an indicator of your relationship with Jesus. Because if you have a relationship with Christ, His Spirit should live within you. And they should be making a difference in your life. If there is no fruit, then our relationship with Jesus is incomplete and it's lacking. When Jesus warns the people in, the, in Matthew chapter 7, he warns the people about false prophets. He states these, these words. Listen to these words. He states these words. You will recognize them by their fruits. You will recognize them by their fruits. Every healthy tree bear goods fruit, bears good fruit. But the disease tree bears bad fruit. It's like the check engine light on your car. All of a sudden, you boop, it pops on. It's warning you, maybe it's time to change your oil. Maybe there's something else that's going on, that, that there, but it's telling you there's something wrong with your vehicle. You need to get it to the mechanic. You're not going to pass a mission test. You need to get over there. You need to get checked out. What's going on with that check engine light there is, they used to call them idiot lights in the old days. 
They changed the name for some reason. I don't know. They must be y'all. But it's there for a purpose. Guess what? When there is no fruit in your life, it should be like a warning light, like a check engine light in your spiritual life. If there is no fruit that's happening, maybe you need to get a checkup. Maybe there's something happening in you because all of a sudden there's not a fruit being seen in your life. By the way, good fruit is not old, moldy, or frozen. It's fresh. This little knowledge here. Many people will try to live off last week's fruit. God never designed us to live off of last week's fruit or last year's fruit. He never designed. He expects in our life that we should have fresh fruit on a daily basis. We have fresh manna daily. There's a reason why God gave manna each and every day. And by the next day, if they tried to save it, it would go old and go moldy. Because there needs to be a fresh spirit, move of the spirit in our lives daily. We need to have fresh fruit. Fresh fruit. Fruit spoils in a short period of time. It gets mold, moldy, old, squishy. Ooh. Nothing worse than squishy fruit. Be, of, be aware of someone who only speaks of what they've done in the past. Nothing, not that there's anything super, but if all they have is past experiences. Guess what? They've stopped producing fruit. It's dangerous to try to sustain your life on old fruit. We were never designed to do so. We are called to produce good fruit daily. Good fruit is a sign that God's spirit is alive and well and living within you. Verse 25, it states these words. Galatians 5.25. ESV, the English Standard Version. If we live by the spirit, let us also keep in step with the spirit. If we live by the spirit, let's keep in step with the spirit. Have you ever tried to walk with someone that doesn't walk at the same pace you walk? It gets kind of annoying, you know what I'm saying? How many, come on, yeah. Annette and I love to go on walks in the evenings. We'll go to Starbucks, we'll go to somewhere, we love to go walking. And we start taking off, and all of a sudden I hear this voice behind me, why are you walking so fast? Slow down. And I'll slow down, and we'll get in step with each other, and we'll talk, and we'll walk together. You see, we're supposed to stay in step with the Holy Spirit. We're not supposed to be ahead of Him. We're not supposed to be behind Him. We're supposed to listen to His voice, and He might tell you, hey, it's time to slow down. Hey, you might need to speed up here. We need to walk side by side in step with the Spirit of God. Not ahead of him, not behind him. And when we walk side by side in step, that's when your life starts producing real fruit. That's when all of a sudden you don't miss an opportunity where all of a sudden someone walks into your doors and you know you're supposed to share the love of Jesus with that person because you're walking in step with the Holy Spirit. If you're not in step with the Holy Spirit, and I've been there, when all of a sudden the person leaves the door and they walk out, all of a sudden, man, I should have told that person, you know what? I was probably either ahead or behind somewhere. 
But man, there's something powerful when you stay in step. Pastor Tom, how do I stay in step with the Holy Spirit? Read God's Word. There's something that's out there that's called prayer. A communication with God. P-R-A-Y, prayer. Pray. P-R-A-Y-E-R, prayer. We need to stay in step with the Spirit. This is a checkup before we go into this new series, When Life Gives You Lemons. Because before we even start that series, we need to find out, hey, am I in step? Am I following the right one? Am I following Jesus Christ? Is His Spirit living inside of me, alive and well? You see, we need to allow the Spirit of God to lead us. Paul writes in Romans 8, the mind governed by the flesh is death. But the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. How many of you need some life and peace in your life? Yeah? Follow after Jesus. Follow His Holy Spirit. How many of you all of a sudden cried out to Jesus when the earth started shaking that night? Come on. All of a sudden, Jesus, what's going on? You start, ah! I jumped to the mantle. We saw our whole fence do this. Our fence is about ready to fall down anyhow. We thought it was actually going to fall down. It's scheduled to get repaired. Over the next several weeks, we are going to examine the kind of fruit that the Holy Spirit can produce in our lives when we choose to follow Him. We are going to discover that we don't have to surrender to the difficulties of life. You don't have to surrender to the culture of life. You don't have to surrender to what culture says. But guess what? You surrender to what God's Word says. By doing so, you can walk in step with the Spirit, and He will produce phenomenal fruit in your life. When, when life gives you lemons, what are you going to make? What are you going to make? Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word today. We thank you that your word is powerful, it's effective, it can change our lives if we choose to surrender to you. I pray today, Lord, as we start this new series, as we start sharing about the fruit of the Spirit, that Lord God, that you will work in our life that you will change us from the inside out. I thank you for the work that you're going to do ahead of time, God. I pray, Lord, for love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and faithfulness and goodness. That, God, we will surrender to all these things in our lives because, Lord God, we're following you. I pray that they will become more relevant and more real to us than ever before. I thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do. Thanks for listening to the South Coast Christian Podcast. We appreciate those who give on a regular basis to South Coast because through your giving, we are able to provide these resources. For more information about South Coast, including service times and ways to give, please visit southcoastchristian.com. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast. Thanks again, and may this week be filled with new opportunities where you can receive and share God's love.